The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. So often, people battle with weight simply because we are rushing around, we're caught up in stressful lives. We are doing too much and we're picking up whatever we see around us to eat. And then we beat ourselves up about what we've placed inside of our bodies, how much we're eating, how little we're eating, or what we're exactly doing with food. I'm having my guest today who is Patricia Bish, and she is the author of Freedom from Food. And I've had her on before. She's one of my favorites because she really has a handle on not just the whole concept of food and the thought processes, but she really provides a spiritual and metaphysical perspective on this and provides truly unique and wonderful resources to help people truly apply a quantum weight loss approach by allowing freedom from food in their lives. She is uh, an amazing individual who has written this book, and she's been featured not only uh, in a past show, but also in 1111 Magazine. So you can definitely go to the archives of 1111 Magazine on the website, 1111mag.com, and you can also archive another full-hour show from May 2009 when we spoke to Patricia as well. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Patricia Bish back to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome, Patricia. Oh, I'm so happy to be on the show, and I I just want to say that I find you so inspiring, Simran, and what you do with people and how you coach them and enliven them, so I'm thrilled to be here. Well, thank you so much. I felt like it was the perfect time to bring you back because so many people are going through various types of things in their lives, and stress seems to be at an all-time high for so many, and oftentimes, We move into habits such as emotional eating or stressful eating, and I wanted people to understand, you know, what food really is in our lives and that we don't have to have those chains and binds and attachments to food or the mental concepts that we've attached to the food that we've taken in. Talk a little bit about that. Okay, well, I was just, you know, reading a blurb of yours where it says, you know, this radio show broadens our minds and opens our hearts to a greater understanding, this is what you said, of what is available for people to take charge of their lives so that they have conscious choices um, to create greater health. And I just wanted to say that, you know, 35,000 years ago, Homo sapiens sapiens developed, and humans have the ability to be self-reflective and conscious. And this is something that has grown and grown. And now I feel there's more of a social norm where people are 
getting involved in their own health. They're buying health food, they're choosing organic, they're seeing that they can participate in their own healings. And uh, now there's just abundant scientific proof that you, that the moment you observe something, it changes and that we are very much participating with our thoughts all the time in our body's weight and health. And that's what I really speak about, that your mind can change your body and that it is changing your body all the time. And we can participate in how we choose to think. And when we are starting to make those conscious choices, there is that desire and that wanting, let's say, to eat healthier or to eat more organic or to let go of the things that are the the so-called bad cravings that we have. But there's a piece that comes before that, and and it really does have to do with some of the emotion that's attached and, and how we're viewing what we're eating. Because even if we're taking in organic, if we still have those old negative beliefs, that new food is not going to work as optimally as it's intended because we still are creating a block within ourselves. Is that correct? That is very correct. You know, we have messages that if our mom was fat, so will we be. If we eat too many calories, we'll gain weight. If we don't exercise enough at a certain age, we'll gain weight. After giving birth, at menopause, we are filled with beliefs that tell us that we are powerless and in our own bodies. And we also have belief systems that tell us that in order to get love, we better have a certain body type that is, you know, we are looking at movie stars and people, um, you know, who have had Botox and implants. And we are striving to get the love we're desperately needing and feeling so stressed about it that we're creating the very thing we don't want. We're creating the weight on us with how we think. You know, energy flows where your attention goes. And if you think that the food you eat um, will make you gain weight, uh, guess what? That is what you are creating. So when your book, Freedom from Food, it's not just about freeing ourselves from food. It's about freeing ourselves from the links and the attachments that we have placed on food and on what food does to people in our lives and to our own lives. That's true. I mean, I was, 30 years ago, I was just a regular mom, and uh, and what I found was that I was, like, binging and eating all the time, and also I had a lot of low self-esteem. And what I discovered uh, through my studies of the mind and body was that if I held a certain focus long enough and if I uh, stayed with that focus, you know, in our stressful times, like you were saying, we don't stay that long with a thought and let it expand. But what I have found is if uh, someone puts in a thought like everything makes me lighter and lighter and they stay with that for a minute, you know, or more, then it begins to expand and it begins to change the cells of our body. But we have to stop uh, beating ourselves up and realizing the power we have right inside of us to change the weight and also how to be self-loving again. We need to make a loving practice for ourselves daily. So if an individual doesn't really know how to 
reestablish those thoughts or have those affirmations. I know that you have Freedom From Food affirmation cards. How do the cards work, and how does that help to instill that new belief system in while still taking away the old ones that have been harming us? What they've found now is that we have habitual thinking, and if you, you know, if we don't fill the space with positive thoughts, so often the old thoughts that we're not good enough, that something defective is, is about, is about us, and we will fill our thoughts with old critical thinking. So what's very important with these affirmations and putting in the thoughts we want is because uh, we are not defaulting to a habitual way of thinking, and we are spending the time with affirmations, creating the thoughts that we want to manifest. This is essential, and this is the new social norm that's beginning. I mean, people people are realizing that they can impact their body and their, their weight uh, and their health with the thoughts they think. But it does take that loving practice. I get up every morning, I go out into my garden, and I set my day with positive thoughts. Um, So I'm making conscious choices as to the thoughts I have so that I affect my life and my body in a positive way. We really do have the choice now and the awareness now to change our thinking. And this isn't something that you're just saying. You've literally lived this. You had battled your own issues with weight and your own issues with food. And this is a program that you have put out because you know that it works and you've worked it on yourself. For 30 years I've worked it. And um, and I have done teleseminars and classes. And as much as it was a complete surprise to me that my mind was powerful enough if I corrected the thoughts and I began to trust my body uh, to eliminate uh, excess food that it didn't need, when I began to trust my body and I did... Um, I did the practices I write about in my book, then my body changed. And I was surprised as anyone, if you told me that I could think certain thoughts uh, and it would change the cells of my body so that I could eat what I want and not gain weight, that I really had that power inside of me, I I would have been so surprised. And uh, that's what I think... Uh, I uh, people are learning that basically, you know, our job in the very beginning, we have a body that was set up to eliminate all that was not needed. It was set up to regulate sugar levels, regulate um, hormones, regulate uh, heat, yeah, our heart beats on its own. Basically, our job in the very beginning, which uh, I used to know when I was a child and then I forgot, was that my job was basically just to eat, chew up the food, taste it, enjoy it. But the moment I swallowed, really my job was over. And then it is about, are you going to trust your body to do what it was set up to do? Are you going to trust it to eliminate what is not needed and to go into motion? We don't tell our heart to beat. We trust our body. And I think the difference between people who have food problems and weight problems and the difference with those who can eat whatever they want and not gain weight, which there are millions of people who can do that too, 
is that the people who eat whatever they want, and you ask them, how can you do that? They say, I don't know. I just trust my body. You know, I can just eat whatever I want. My body seems to eliminate it. And years ago, I thought, oh, I just can't stand them. How <laughs> did they do that? <laughs> the power of the mind. Patricia Bish lived a painful life of an overeater from her teen years to well into adulthood. Then over 30 years ago, she discovered the secret to regaining her power over food, not through deprivation, but as a way to enjoy eating and lose weight anyway. She proceeded to practice and perfect these principles that she has written about, and it is in the book Freedom from Food. But in addition to that, she also has CDs, affirmation cards, does private consultations, along with other courses. So definitely connect with her. The author's website is patriciabish.net. That's P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A-B-I-S-C-H. PatriciaBish.net, and we'll be right back with Patricia and discuss a little bit more about a quantum weight loss approach, freedom from food. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Is the life you're currently living enough for you? Is it the life you once dreamt? What if you could change what's not working for you in the blink of an eye? Listen for The Bliss Edition, featuring Dr. Shelley Childers. We'll explore how your body and your life is created from everything that you think and say about it, including aging, disease, illnesses, pain, the good, the bad, and the ugly. What would it be like to live a life of ease, joy, and glory? The Bliss Edition is heard every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. do one thing is how we do everything. And oftentimes when we break the barriers on a particular habit or a particular mindset or paradigm that is in our lives, we find that it shifts so many other experiences that are going on as well. When Patricia Biss started her own journey, she discovered many areas of her life that she would catch herself doing certain things, but the area of her life that plagued her most was the one dealing with food. Through her own course of study and applying different principles, which she has now written about in a book entitled Freedom from Food, she identifies how powerful the mind is and how powerful we are in the ability to change that mind and truly alter the way that we use food, access food, allow food to affect us, 
and create the freedom in our lives from food rather than the bondage or addiction that once took place. Uh, you can find out more about her at freedomfromfood.net. That's freedomfromfood.net, and you'll find a lot of interesting information, teleseminars. Uh, her book is there, Freedom From Food, along with affirmation cards and CDs, just a whole host of information along with events that are taking place, so definitely access that. Patricia, when we look at food, so often it is something that people have turned into an addiction. And when they're utilizing the principles in Freedom From Food, it is going to shift that that whole connection to food and, and that addiction if it does exist for a person. But is it also something that's going to affect other types of areas of their life or other addictions that a person may hold? Absolutely. And that's what a lot of people say in my program. This affects everything because in the beginning, in every overeater and every addiction, in the beginning, it's all about love and the love that we aren't getting, the pain we're feeling. There is a deep disconnection between our ourselves, others, and spirit. And that deep disconnection is what creates the addiction in the beginning. And in the end, for all of us who are addicted, and I do believe we are an addicted um, society, in the end it's all about finding that love, that self-love, and taking the time to and learning how to love ourselves, to put in the messages we want, to empower ourselves, to stop really looking so much on the outside how to fix ourselves with a, with a pill or a diet or an exercise program or nutrition because that isn't where the whole thing began. Um, but to try and come back, not that those things aren't good. It's good to find out how, you know, foods that make us feel better and more clear-minded. I'm all for that and exercise. But there is a place, a deep disconnection inside that I feel needs to be mended because it's at the heart of all addiction. And that emotional side of it, that emotional connection piece that often is blocked or suppressed is often what... Uh, is is needing to bubble up so that we can free ourselves from various addictions and especially the attachment to food because so many people um, end up wanting to fill food uh, to be that connection or that loneliness or that lack of self-love that they have for themselves. Is that correct? It so is. And what's happening on a very sad level with childhood obesity and teens is, like I said, we're, you know, They're starting to treat their bodies and themselves as empty shells um, where, so if they get the Botox or the implants or whatever, they think that's going to help, but that doesn't really help. You know, or people force themselves to lose 20 pounds by starving themselves and, and deprivation, but they find it comes running back the first bite they take because that deep inner wound hasn't been healed. And so I think it's two parts. We have to heal the feelings, uh, the pains when we were bullied or not chosen or betrayed or abandoned or abused. And and we have to, the shame, I mean, 80% of all women think they're overweight. And it's starting so young now. So we have to stop um, stop that pain, and then we also, see, it's a two-part series, then we have to see that our minds and what we're thinking and believing is also creating the 
weight on us. And we have to take care of both systems and stop giving food the power to uh, make us gain weight, but realize food is really a non-intentional a non-intentional substance and that our bodies are fluctuating waves of energy. And so they're like bubbles of energy that are always changing. And if you put in one thought um, that you want, like uh, my bo- I trust my body to take in the food it needs and release the rest, and you let that just flow for a minute, that's going to change everything. So we have two ways to empower ourselves, to self-love and to create the thoughts that we want to create. Put the right ones in. Choose them. Well, that sounds like it also requires a discipline for presence because if we are present to how we're feeling, we're present to what we're thinking, we're present to what we're eating, and we're also very present to speaking to the body when we are going to eat to, to address the body as to what we want it to do or not do, then we are finally noticing ourselves. And I think that so often people run to food just to numb out or just to, uh, in a sense, almost ignore life or ignore themselves, but just to have something to do. You are really correct. I mean, I know I did in my own life. You know, when my father's love, uh, I felt abandoned by him, and my sister, of course, was the homecoming queen, and I decided was I was losing love because I wasn't pretty enough, and all the enoughs that everyone feels intelligent enough, whatever. You know, when first you try and pretend it's not happening, or you act as if, or you put on these false selves, but at a certain time, it just wasn't enough for me, and I didn't know how to shield myself from these horrible feelings. And so food became my protector, my loving parent. It, 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 it numbed me, in a sense. It numbed me from feeling the anxiety of feeling um, separated and alone in this world. It gave me the love, in a certain sense. It was something I could give myself that I wasn't getting. That's a very powerful thing that you just said in terms of it being your parent. And I think for many people, it's almost their best friend. And and so that emotional piece that really has to be dug into, that really has to be surfaced, is so, so important. But some people will say, I don't want to do that work. That sounds like work. It sounds like it might be painful. It sounds like uh, an area of life that I really, I've, I've put that aside. I don't want to go there again. What do you have to say to people like that to help them understand that the work leads to so much more good. Well, I so agree with you. And the first thing I have to do is take the word, in a sense, work off because not, you know, because so I don't even call it work anymore. I say it's a loving practice because if people don't want it and, uh, and they don't want to take the time to direct the energy uh you know, of their thinking to the thoughts that will work for them, then they are, they shouldn't even try because it does take, in a sense, that loving practice. It takes waking up in the morning and, or whenever you do it, but creating some time for yourself where you don't say, I hate my body. Oh, I feel like I'm fat and I'm never going to get thin. I can even hear it in my voice tone. When you speak to yourself like that, that sends the frequency to your body to create weight. It's just that simple. And so 
we have to take the time to have a loving practice where you put in uh, positive thoughts and uh, and correct this. There's scientists now. I was very excited. There's Russian scientists who have discovered that uh, our DNA can be reprogrammed with words and frequencies. So it's not only the words, but it's a frequency of um, that we're using that will change our body. You know, there's a kindness in the voice, and there's that horrible critical, oh, you'll never amount to anything. You're always going to be fat. Just give up. They're two very different voice tones. We have to put in the love to ourselves. I like how you change that word work to a loving practice because in the end that's what it boils down to is really looking at everything that we do in our lives and and saying, you know, is this loving to me? Because if it is loving, then you know it's good, you know it's something that continues. But if it is something that you can turn around and say, well, no, that's not really very loving to me, I, I can make a different choice, then all of a sudden you've identified the unloving ways that you treat yourself, but you've also become more conscious that you now have a choice. Yes, and, you know, this is, people and scientists are talking about this over and over, um, that this is the new consciousness, the new social norm, is we must participate. We have to participate in our healing. We are participating, whether we like it or not. We are always sculpting our body with the thoughts we think. So, yes, we need to pick the pick, pick thoughts of love and uh and we have to develop a relationship, I say, with our loving adult inside. You know, most of us had some critical messages. And when we were younger, something that didn't make us feel loved, or even when we were older, when we, if we lost love, you know, from a love that we had, we, we have to find out a way, a way to put in messages to remind us that we are lovable, um, that it's safe to be thin, that our loving adult will draw boundaries for us, um, will say no when we need to say no, so that the weight doesn't have to do that. Weight is really doing the job um, and protecting us uh, of a loving parent. So we have to become that loving parent and develop trust. You know, trust isn't built overnight. You don't have a friend that you trust without having gone through a lot of stuff with it. Now, Patricia, what if someone says that my size has nothing to do with food, that my weight is completely genetic and everyone in my family is this way and my grandmother and my great-grandmother, you know, they all had these same issues, so there's really just nothing I can do? (laughs) I would love that. I would refer them to Bruce Lipton and to these Russian scientists immediately, but Bruce Lipton um, is a cell biologist, and he now has proven that cells receive information, and it's not controlled by our genes and our DNA. It's controlled outside the cells, um, including positive and negative thoughts and emotions. So what's happening is what I did 30 years ago, science is now taking the job of um, just coming out with study after study from scientists and quantum physicists to show us that basically it it all has to do with our thoughts and emotions, and that we are not at the mercy of if our mother was heavy, so we will we be. We can reprogram ourselves, and we are reprogramming ourselves all the time. So that's what I would tell them. 
If you've been struggling with your weight and if you've tried a lot of diets and if you are in the habit of condemning yourself for being a failure because you think you're overweight and you are ready to stop struggling and enjoy eating and still lose the weight, then I highly recommend you connect with Patricia Bish. Her book, Freedom from Food, is absolutely wonderful. It is a quantum weight loss approach, and she also now has CDs as well as affirmation cards. You can connect with all of her information at freedomfromfood.net. She does do personal private consultations and also has teleseminars that you can tap into so that you can have direct contact and coaching from her. I highly recommend the book, and it is one that will assist you in breaking a lot of different habits, not just to have freedom from food, because the practices that she takes you through are really things that are going to take you into that deeper part of you that is begging to be unearthed and released so that you can be free from everything in your life. Patricia, I want to thank you for being on 1111 again. It's always a pleasure to have you on and always wonderful to be in conversation with you. Well, thank you, Ed. It's absolutely exciting for me to be with you who holds the consciousness that I so love. Well, thank you. Again, you can connect with her at freedomfromfood.net. Definitely get her book, Freedom From Food. We're going to be right back with my next guest, and it is Honey Borden. And we're going to be talking about the day she became a superhero. All you have to do is believe. We'll be right back. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. So are you connected to the meaning of your life? Are your relationships and career satisfying and fulfilling? How about your parenting? Are you feeling some challenges there? Listen for He Said, She Said every week with husband and wife, Jonathan Nadelman and Carrie Dino. In addition to being married and the parents of a spirited daughter, Carrie and Jonathan share over 40 years of clinical experience as psychotherapists and want to hear all about the challenges you're facing. He Said, She Said airs live Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Often we end up at the movies and we fall in love with those movies that have the superheroes in them. We always want to see ourselves in those lives and battling the villain and, and overcoming all the obstacles and really achieving our highest good and saving the world. 
And I even get inspired so much when I hear about stories of young children and all of a sudden they have these superhuman strengths and they're able to assist and show up in a certain way that really makes a tremendous change in the lives of those around them and in the people that hear those stories. Today I have a superhero on the show and I want to talk to you about what it means to believe. She's really here to bring that message about belief and about overcoming obstacles and really being who you're meant to be on this planet. My guest today is Honey Borden, and she is an author, speaker, and intuitive healer, guiding individuals to their own inner light and superpower. She facilitates reconnections and reconnective healings and is a holistic eco-beauty expert, the creator of Holico, Life at Holico Girls, eco-conscious, eco-conscious lifestyle products, and she is the author of The Day I Became a Superhero, and I'm going to let Honey tell you a little bit about that story. Welcome, Honey, to 1111 Talk Radio. Well, thank you so much, Simran, and thank you so much for that lovely introduction. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, I think you're really bringing a wonderful voice in this book that you've written, and it initially was written to be an inspiring story for children, but I honestly feel like it's a story that adults need to read. <laughs> it's something that so often, you know, I, I find the young kids that are being born right now, so many of them have that deep, strong spirit and have that belief, but it's the older ones and it's the adults that seem to have lost that connection to belief in themselves. And I wanted to have you on so that you could reinstill how powerful we each are. And I'd like you to start first with how this story evolved and, and how you became that superhero. Sure, thank you so much. And uh, I wanted to just also share with you that, yes, I agree with you. I feel the book really is, it speaks to the heart of all children, the child within us, the, our inner child, especially adults, because we have forgotten that inner child and it has not been nourished for a very, very long time. So we have forgotten to imagine, we have forgotten to believe, we have forgotten to know that true essence that already resides within us. So... Uh, my book is a true story of what I discovered and what I experienced when I was seven and a half years old back in my country in Iran. Uh, I'm just going on a travel with my parents to the ancient ruins of Persepolis. And uh, in the midst of um, our travel, it was, a, it was a very unusual day, Simran, because just everything did not seem right. And we know children have really powerful intuitions, and something just felt very, very wrong about that day. But again, as a seven-year-old, you, you, know, you may share something, and parents aren't necessarily listening very carefully. So I knew I woke up with a really awful dream, and I was very frightened, and, uh, and I just didn't feel right. Something felt awful, and my brother did not want to come on the trip to begin with anyway. So, you know, once I got in the car, again, it was unusual. My father decided not to drive. That was very, very odd. He never did that. And my mother got behind the wheel to drive on this desert road. And uh, I woke up. Um, I was taking a nap in the car, and I woke up just before we had a severe hit-on collision going 65 miles per hour with the oncoming car that uh, hit us. And... Um, Basically, the, um, the other uh, passengers in the other car immediately had transitioned. They passed on, and I was the only conscious person that was uh, inside the car that uh, could have a recollection of uh, the wreckage and the car crash. So basically... 
basically, you know, as a seven-year-old, it's very frightening when you see your father's head inside the window and your mother's face broken into the wheel and blood everywhere, smoke everywhere. Just, it's, it's a very frightening experience. Uh, car crashes are anyway, but for a child like that, and then I felt trapped because I couldn't get out in this wreckage at all. And I felt my both of my parents had already died. It was very scary within that car. And uh, within probably uh, a second when I remembered that we had gasoline inside the car and that it is going to ignite any second, that's when this insane fear came all over me. It was, I, I don't believe I've ever feared anything like that ever again. And right in that second, my father made a noise, which gave me the indication that he was alive. And instantly, my body transformed to something else, Samran. This presence within me grew, and it grew with this incredible strength that I never never recognized because I'd never seen it or felt it before. And it was, I was inside my little body, but yet I was a giant. And somehow everything became weightless in that moment. And I was able to pull myself out of the wreckage, whereas before I just couldn't even move anywhere. And then come around and also rescue my father by pulling him out of the car because I felt my mother had already transitioned. So to make a long story short, after that, I was uh, in this hospital, this kind of village for about a week, and I was not scared, Simran. I was able to completely take care of myself while my parents were unconscious. And there was this other knowing inside of me that had developed a discovery of, um, of, of this amazing inner power that I never knew was even possible. So from there on, that really changed my life at that age, and I really feel that was the beginning of my awakening journey. Which well, and 30 days later led to the book. <laughs> well, yeah. and that would be definitely something that would be life-changing. And when you speak about it, you know, I, I thought about how so many of us go through trauma, and, and it, it may not look like what yours was or be the severity of the car crash and having to pull someone out or like some kids have to lift up a car, different things like that. But yet we are each going through our own traumas as children, and we somehow in a sense, save ourselves in that moment in the best way that we know how. But what we forget is to believe or know the truth that we are. And what it seems like happened with you is you saw the fear, but you also saw the truth at the same time. And you allowed yourself to hang on to the truth. Yes, I I really feel that the fear transcended. It was the fear and the love that merged together as that oneness, and I was able to tap into the source of that oneness in that moment. I don't believe it was anything that outside of me came entered into my body. I don't believe that at all. Now, years later, when I had the revelation of the truth in this, I understand it very perfectly. I understand there is this field that resides within us, and we are so connected intricately in this particular point when we go inside the core of our heart there is nothing that is impossible because impossible is only what resides in the mind but in the heart everything is possible that's what I came to really understand 
yet at that time, because it wasn't very supported, uh, you know, my my parents couldn't quite understand, and a whole lot of different channels open after that with me being with entities and all different dimensions. My parents couldn't quite understand what had happened uh, to me, and so as a result, it was never nourished. It wasn't talked about, and this became really heavily suppressed within me and sent me on a journey of rediscovery. And um, that's when I understand why this past 30 years I had this <laughs> desire and fire within me of uh, thirsty for, for something that I already knew was always there. And I feel the book really touches on... Um, and an inspiration that is already within all of us for us no longer to believe really because I feel like if you are wearing a, let's say, a blue shirt, you know you're wearing a blue shirt. You know it. You don't have to believe you're wearing a blue shirt. It's already there. This is an essence of our knowing. There is a power that's beyond imaginable already within us and that when we start really honoring it, by first becoming aware of it, second, allowing ourselves to feel it, third, third, really surrendering to it, we are going to be living a whole different way of life. And it's no coincidence because uh, this shift of consciousness all goes right hand in hand with this because we were awakening to our own inner light. And I feel that's the superhero within well, what I also think is really powerful about this is I think many parents, when we speak to our children, we project onto them the beliefs that we have of what we cannot achieve, and we yes. imprint that onto our children, in terms, and then they feel that they cannot achieve their full potential and goals and dreams. And it seems to me with your story and being able to come back and write this book, I can only imagine that your children already have a consciousness and a belief system that anything is possible because they have this legacy and story to fall back on, and it's something that we can learn as parents from you as to how to language and speak to our children. Thank you for that, Sandra. And I feel one of the uh, most important thing about parents is that a lot of time children use a very basic language. They're not very articulate in uh, completely expressing their feelings because the information that resides in their heart is there's so much coming to them. The, the mind can't process that. It's too slow for it. As a result of it, they, they show behaviors that may seem out of ordinary for us. But if you're starting to listen different senses to start really fine-tuning. We're going to get a lot more information from these particular children. So I feel my parents did not... I had all this intuition before. I was already feeling something wasn't right. How many times you want to go somewhere and you want to drag your child and they're crying and screaming, you still do it anyway, but without recognizing it, let me just slow down for a second. Maybe there is a greater communication that is coming through this child that I'm not seeing yet. So I feel that we parents can begin to really fine-tune our skills to start listening to our children, not with that not with our ears that we've been accustomed to, but through our heart. Um, we can really tap into that and strengthen that relationship on a whole different um, level of um, comprehension. Most definitely. I'm speaking today with Honey Borden, who is the author of The Day I Became a Superhero. As a seven-year-old child, she faced the toughest day of her life during a fatal car crash with her parents. 
She was alone and frightened at first, but something miraculous happens where she gets in touch with her inner superhero, and her life is changed forever as she saves herself and her parents from a car that could possibly ignite. You can find out more about Honey at HoneyBorden.com, and while you're there, you'll also find out about her Holico Life and Holico Girls Eco-Conscious Lifestyle Products. She's an amazing practitioner and individual who is touching the world in many different ways and creating a revolution, uh, especially even in the young ones, to have the knowledge that they need to tap into the most natural, holistic things available on our planet. We'll be right back with Honey Borden, honeyborden.com. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Every moment that we live provides us with numerous opportunities to grow more deeply spiritually through our active engagement in positive, concrete ways that can uplift, encourage, and help ourselves and each other. Become a part of Our Sacred Journey with your host, Audrey Katagawa. Our program will include guests who will share their experiences with you to inspire you to help create a peaceful, cooperative present and future and to explore your creativity and the valuable contributions which you can make. Our Sacred Journey airs live Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. My guest today is Honey Borden, and we are talking about the day I became a superhero. It's a true story of when she was seven and a half, and she experienced superhuman power following a fatal car crash. From that experience, she has spent the last 30 years growing and learning and remembering and really allowing herself to be a vehicle of understanding, knowledge, compassion, and love. And through this book, she's teaching not only children, but also adults what it means to reconnect to your insides, to truly believe in yourself, and to understand that we're so much more than we allow ourselves to think we are. Welcome back, honey. I want to talk about in this final segment really how your life has changed from that experience and how you have triumphed and really created what you've created in the world because of what you learned to believe about yourself from that? Um, Well, I'd like to first indicate that uh, in life, uh, we're human beings. We are going to have multi-level experiences. So 
sometimes these experiences are tragic, but I do really believe that all of these experiences are gifts at the same time. It is giving us a vehicle, an opportunity to to tune in to a very different side of us that we never even knew resided or was possible. So I feel that was the beginning of my awakening journey at that young age, and it sent me on a complete uh, adventurous uh, journey after that. Now, from that, I was also never, ever fully scared again, Simran, because I've, I've experienced something so difficult. I don't think there was anything imaginable beyond that. But what happened was we had the revolution in Iran, and then after that we had the war in Iran and Iraq. So there was bombing. I had a chance to experience being hiding in under in the, for example, the basement with the families, not knowing whether we're going to live today or tomorrow. But there was also something else inside of me that was warm and loving, and I could feel this wasn't it. There's so much more to this. I never had fear again after that, because that fear I initially experienced had transcended into this pure bliss and love. So that really changed my life, and we migrated to the U.S., learning English, starting to make friends, and and uh, this desire for wanting to help others. So from, you know, background in clinical therapy, working with refugees, on to studying energy healing, as well as becoming a reconnective a healing practitioner, and all of that, I feel it's just been an evolution of uh, one discovery after another to further um, put me back on my path of um, being a guide to light and superpower within individuals, just reminding individuals what is already there. So it really transformed my life, and I feel that um, I knew something because I had experienced this firsthand experience of the highest blissful love that um, was already within me connected to this entire bigger vast universe, I started understanding information differently. And I feel today when we're retracting from that energy on the outside and we're really fulfilling that space within, we're tuning in, going inward, and being able to tap into our heart space, we are also capable of this discovery, the deliciousness, what's there beyond this 5% that we are already using. There's 95% of us that we have no clue what our amazing potential is. And I'm here on the planet to just ignite uh, those lights so people can unleash their superheroes. I feel it's a wonderful um, time, especially 2012 uh, frequencies supported, this whole shift of consciousness supported, and we're here collectively together being our superheroes um, with respect and integrity to our truth. Well, I think that what you say is really powerful because I believe that as we create our soul contracts, you know, we we did choose to be the hero in our own stories, and we did choose to achieve certain things, each each person individually and uniquely, that would collect into the oneness. And connecting that with what you were saying about parents listening, children and babies often, they they possess that superhero power right from the beginning. We hear oftentimes of accidents that babies have or plane crashes or different things, and the, the babies and the children are the ones that seem to walk away unscathed. And it is that remembrance of knowing that what we have is really innately within us and that as divine beings, we can't be anything else. 
but superheroes, but it is that belief and really acting from that place of belief to create what we need to create in the world. And is that what you have done through the many other things that you are creating and teaching about? Yes, so through my, uh, you know, what was guided to me, I'm clairaudient, uh, Simran, from that, from that day on, uh, this opening happened where I do very easily receive the messages and the higher guidance, but I was never comfortable in sharing it. So through the teachings of Feel of Light that was guided to me, and also same thing last year, I was guided to share this. I never consciously ever, ever had a plan to ever talk about this after 30 years of silence, but uh, the voice did say to me, it is time to share what you know. So, you know, it's just out, all out in the open. And through Feel of Light, I am really emphasizing through the feeling more so than the thought process. I feel, you know, the mind is a little bit too slow to handle what the heart knows. And, you know, this is now proven by science and the new, the new science, the quantum and physics and all of those wonderful vehicles that have been giving us this understanding. And I feel that has really helped me understand my own experience. So I teach through feel of light what it means to feel that presence of light within. So it, to really be able to transcend uh, your limited self to the higher self. And uh, that's really been the focus through the meditations, through the workshops, through, you know, I teach uh, nationally and internationally. So be able to really bring this um, particularly group dynamic experience together because I feel something even more powerful happens and individuals are open at the heart and allowing to, um, you know, learn from that place. So those are some of the ways that I'm now, you know, working and also the second book. <laughs> that's another one. It's going to be fun. Um, there's just so much to play here. And that's another thing, Simran. I feel like what happens after all of these understandings takes place, you understand that, look, all of this is fun. This is the life experience of joy and fun and play. These are all different things that we're experiencing. So it's just further way for us to get to know who we really are. Some of them feel better, some of them don't. And this gives us the uh, amazing opportunity to play in this incredible playground. And uh, I feel it's just very joyful to be here. Well, and I get that from your website, from your book, your your promo materials. There is a real essence of fun there. I mean, I see I'm looking at a postcard now about your book, and it's got you in a superhero costume and, and that kind of thing, and there's just a glow about you and a smile, and it really does tell people that despite what happens, we're here to just experience and have a good time and, and, and have fun, not get entrenched in what had happened to us, but lift off from what has happened through us. To recognize that was a gift. I understood after a very long time, Simran, when I had my life review passed in front of me in uh, January, 2000, January, for January 8, 2011, I was able to see the whole picture. I was able to recognize um, why my soul even came to earth. The whole thing was revealed to me. So now none of this is pressure anymore. None of it is difficult anymore. None of it has that uh, lower vibration anymore to it. It's all higher vibration because I feel that the path of spirit is pure joy. That's when the level of consciousness has really raised. And you're enjoying, you're no more in the suffering and recognizing no matter what happens, you if 
you are suffering is because you are allowing yourself to be separated from your own truth. And that's where that comes in. So with my children, I do remind them everything is possible. And they sometimes are like, Mommy, but you can't fly. I said, not yet. Doesn't mean it's not possible, you know? So just to remind that everything is possible. You're very capable. You, The power already resides within you. And uh, so for them to know that they are the creator of their own experiences. And I'm just here to enjoy watching you. And uh, it, it feels a lot better anyway this way. As a teacher and a guide and a mentor to so many people, if if you had someone that said to you, you know, I, I have a dream, but it really isn't possible. There's so many things in front of me that are not allowing me to do this, or I can't change my circumstances. What would you say to them so that they can start to shift that experience and that way of believing? That actually happens a lot <laughs> when people <laughs> do come and ask, you know, seek private sessions and they want to know about that. So I always do remind them, I said, from what you're standing, you can't see what I'm able to see. It's because you're focused on the problem. And uh, you, the minute you start shifting that energy towards the solution, you're going to be able to see very, very differently. So I feel that most of us are problem-focused rather than solution seekers. And as a result of it, our energy doesn't quite rise up for us to be able to see. And also we're seeing from our very limited perspective. We are very linearly, we have been linearly conscious. You know, we are very result-driven and outcome-dependent. So as a result of it, when you are when you're thinking from that consciousness, what happens is that you're only boxing yourself to one possibility versus when you're letting go, freeing, that's what the love, pure love does. It's in it's in back in complete flow. And as a result of it you're surrendering to uncertainty. That means unlimited possibilities. So I feel just starting to let go of those tight grips of being dependent on the outcome. That's, uh, you know, that's really the key. And recognizing this is a ride. It's not about accomplishing anything here. It's about experiencing and, uh, yeah, you, 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 you're, you receive the rest of it along the way. So are you problem-focused or are you a solution seeker? Well, you can be a superhero, and superheroes are meant to fly. So allow yourself to lay out your own powerful force and let it be unleashed so that you can tap into the center of your heart and go all the places that you desire to go. Definitely, you can find out more about Honey Borden at HoneyBorden.com. You'll find out about all of her different events, services, along with the book, The Day I Became a Superhero, which is a children's inspirational memoir based on her own life experience, and it is just as appropriate for adults, so definitely tap into that. Thank you so much, Honey, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. It was an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you so much, Simran. This was a true gift for me as well. I appreciate it very much. Until next time, I'm Simran Singh, and we'll be having a wonderful conversation with Linda Starwolf. So be well, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of Conscious Choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Shift happens.